All right, folks, we're going to progress right along in our uh, study of the different things that we're studying. Tonight we're going to talk about He is Listening. And that would be a natural question for us to kind of deal with because, you know, we've been looking at a lot of different things, we've been praying about a lot of different things, and you just kind of wonder, well, God, are you listening? Are you hearing me? Okay. Because it's like I'm not seeing an answer, okay? And that's all part of what we've been talking about. So let me just kind of go through the progression with you again. Kind of remind you of what we've been discussing as a church. And so, I mean, our message is, he is listening. We're going to look at Daniel chapter 10. So if you have a Bible, we're in Daniel chapter 10. If you're using a pew Bible, that's page 472, So we're going to look at Daniel chapter 10 and learn some things from Daniel. So let's talk about the progression. So we start out, here's that formula again that I presented to you. We start out with that thirst. We want something more. We want to see God working in our lives. He's created in us a desire for something more. There has to be something more than what we're seeing in Christianity. Well, as we pursue that, we are faced with frustration. And the biggest source of the frustration is ourselves. And, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, it's not anybody else. It's us, how we react to things, how we are frustrated with our own failures and weaknesses. And then that brings us to the place of realization that you know what, I can't do this on my own. I can't, I can't really get a grip on this. I need somebody to help me, okay? In fact, somebody said to me the other day, they were listening to my discussion about this, and they said this was similar to uh, the 12 steps, you know, where you realize that you need a higher power. And I, I guess, you know, as I think about it right now, yeah, you're right, maybe it is like that. Um, because the fact of the matter is we have to come to the place where we realize we can't do it on our own. So then we have to come to a place of surrender, going to him and saying, here I am. So how do we do that? So then we looked at some verses from Second Chronicles. So I'm going to put these up. Second Chronicles chapter 13 through 15. Here's God, he's speaking. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, and command the locusts to devour the land and send pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And then I really want to focus on this last part. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. Now, that's going to bring me to the next thing that I want to talk about, okay? And and that is, you know, we got to listen because God's trying to get our attention through the difficulties that we face, through the consequences of the stuff that we're going through that he allows us to go through. Through all of that, God's trying to get our attention. Like he was saying, when I send pestilence among my people, when I send the locusts and and, and it's all the things that are devoured, we need to listen and then we need to humble ourselves 
And when I say humble ourselves, I'm talking about humbling ourselves before God, not how we humble ourselves before each other, but how recognizing who we truly are before God. As we understand ourselves, humble ourselves, and then pray. Pray and seek his face. And it's more than just praying the usual prayers that we pray. This is like, I'm seeking your presence, God, in my life. And then repentance. It's that clicking in our mind, that, that desire to want to change. It's like, you know, making that decision. And then it's reflected in our actions. And then there's the issue of waiting. And waiting comes from this verse the concept of waiting. And that's what we're going to look at Sunday as well. God saying, my eyes will be open and my ears attended to prayer made in this place. Now, here's the interesting thing. In chapter 7, he says that. If you go to chapter 6 and you look at the prayers of Solomon, and actually there's other places in the Bible where the prayer says that, God, pay attention to my sermon. Excuse me, my prayer. God, pay attention to me. Hear my prayer. You'll, you'll hear, if you remember reading through the Bible, you'll hear people pray that way. Pay attention. Hear my prayer. That's what's being said in chapter 6. In fact, let me just go there. Chapter 6, verse 20. Second Chronicles. Chapter 6, verse 19. Yes, regard the prayer of your servant, O Lord, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you. So that's very typical. God, hear me. So in verse 15, when he's responding, he says, I'm here listening. I'm here waiting. I want to hear you. And I think that's something we've got to grasp a hold of. God is waiting to hear from us. But the problem is this. So here's here's what I want to show you, the two things, two thoughts I want to show you. I've already mentioned these to you before, I guess a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to mention it again. Number one, silence is our greatest enemy. When we're praying and we're intent with God about whatever it is that we're going through that we want to hear from him about, and so let's take this issue. When we're praying and asking him to come into our life and fill us and empower us, and bring us to where we need to be in the relationship that we need to be with him and in our families and in our church, our greatest enemy is not hearing God do anything, not seeing anything. And you're kind of like wondering, did I, did he hear me? Does, is he aware of what's going on? Do, do you know what I'm saying? And it drives you crazy. I think, I think we can relate to that. So like if you think about a work situation and you've got the boss and there's something going on, maybe there's a big morale problem or some kind of issue, and, and you're like, is the boss even aware? Because there's no sign whatsoever that the boss is even aware or, or anything, and that just drives you nuts, doesn't it? Because it's like it's obvious to everybody else. Isn't he aware? Isn't he hearing? Isn't he got his ear to, the, to what's going on around here? So I think we can relate, and that we feel the same way in our prayers when we want God to fill us, when we want God to do what we want him to do in our lives. And it's like the silence thing from heaven drives us crazy. So we say things like this, I just feel like my prayers don't reach the ceiling. I just feel like my prayers don't reach the ceiling, which is a wrong way to think about it because that's not true. But that's how we go because silence is our greatest enemy. And so 
That brings us to the point where we're like, we're unsure if we're heading in the right direction. So here we are, we're, we're coming up on week 10 as a church of looking at this issue. And we've been praying and we've been seeking the Lord to prepare us for what he has next. And we're not hearing anything. So then all of a sudden what happens in our mind is we get these big question marks in our mind like, well, you know, I've been coming on Thursday and I've been praying. I've been using the prayer guides that George has been putting in, in the bulletin and, and I've been, I've been seeking his face and wanting him to answer this and to do this. And, and it's like, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not, I'm not aware of anything going on and maybe, maybe, Maybe I'm heading in the wrong direction here. Maybe maybe George is off. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he read something that headed him in this direction and it wasn't the right thing for us right now. And because we're not sure seeing what we should be seeing. And part of that is, hey, we're the microwave generation. You know, pop it in the microwave, hit two, and it's ready. Did you know what I'm saying? Uh, we're, we're not used to having the weight. And that's the problem is we're talking about waiting. We're not used to waiting, but God's waiting for us. So I thought I would take you today to a passage that would help us address these issues. And of all places, it's in a prophetic book, Daniel. Because, okay, why aren't we hearing anything? And is God really listening? Okay, so let me, let me ask. I'm not asking you what you prayed about or what you've been praying about or what you have prayed about. I just want to know, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say, you're wondering, is he even hearing me? Because I haven't seen anything happening. Everybody agree? Okay. So let's go to Daniel 10. All right? Let's start with Daniel the first three verses. This is Daniel praying. Okay? In the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. The message was true. The appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. And then look at what it says, verse 2. And in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three weeks I ate no pleasant food, no meat, wine came to my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. What's going on there? He gets this message, he understands what's being said, but something's troubling him. So what does he do? Verse 3 says, he fasts. Now this is what some scholars, some people will call the Daniel fast. Because he's not not eating, he's just deciding to fast from certain foods. So if you notice, he says, no pleasant food or desirable food, no meal or wine came into my mouth. So it's not that he didn't eat, it's that a certain type of food didn't come in. He basically probably ate the bare minimum that was not delectable. Do you understand? But he was fasting before God. Why would he be fasting? Because he's praying. He wants an answer from God. Okay? So now, look with me over verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on my palms and my hands. 
So an angel came to see him. Okay? If you read the verses before that, he describes this angel. But look at what the angel says to him, verse 11. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have been sent to you. And while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before me, your God. Humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. So what I want to do is I want to take this passage and and give you four things today to encourage you to say your prayers are heard. Okay? Your prayers are heard. So I want you to consider four things here. Okay? Here's the first one. Number one, Daniel received assurance of his relationship to God. Okay? Daniel received assurance of his relationship to God. That's the first thing I want you to see here. Look at what it says there in verse 11. O Daniel, man greatly beloved. Beloved by who? God. Here's what he's saying. Daniel, I want you to understand that as you're praying, God greatly loves you. God greatly cares for you. And I think when you're wrestling with the silence and you're wondering if you're heading in the right direction, you kind of are thinking in your mind, does he even care? Am am I okay with him? Is it because I've done something wrong? You kind of wonder about where you're at in the relationship with him, right? So he's saying here, Daniel, you've got a special relationship with God. He loves you. Okay, so what can we take from that? Okay, so here we are. We're praying. We're asking for God to do his work in our life, in our church, and it's like we're feeling silence. I think the first thing you've got to remember is you have a relationship with him, and that hasn't changed because that relationship isn't based on you. Who's it based on, folks? Jesus and what Jesus did for you. It's not based upon what you did or didn't do, who you are, who you're not. It's based upon what Christ did for you. Your relationship with Jesus doesn't change. He loves you. You're his children. You know, like I'm a parent. I have four kids. Do my kids mess up sometime? Yes. Do I get angry? Yes. Does that change that I love them? No. I'll do whatever I need to do for my kids. You will do whatever you need to for your kids, right? Okay? That, that's the reality. All right? So first thing I want you to notice, our prayers are heard. Daniel received assurance of his relationship to God. Here's the second thing. Comes from verse 12. He said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand, to humble yourself before God. Your words were heard... And I have come because of your words. Here's the thing. Daniel received assurance 
that God heard his prayer. Daniel, from the very beginning, when you prayed, God heard you and responded. Wow. Now, stop for a moment. It tells us that he fasted for three weeks. What does that tell you? First of all, God's timing is not your timing, okay? We want it yesterday, right? Like, why am I even bothering God to pray? Because you should have already done this. That's our attitude sometimes. But the fact of the matter is, God doesn't operate on our timetable, and he does respond as soon as we pray. So keep on praying, okay? Keep on praying. Here's the third thing. This is where we see verse 13, but he says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. What's he talking about? Is the king of Persia stopping an angel? No. Oftentimes in the Old Testament, we see a dual meaning there. And it was not just a physical king, but the spiritual king. The king of Persia refers to a demonic opposition. Could have been Satan himself, could have been one of his angels, but the angels were confronting God's angel from carrying out his purpose. So what's the point? Here's what I need you to see. There was spiritual opposition to his prayers. All right, so what does that have to do with us? Okay? So ask yourself some questions. Is there anybody who would have a problem with you being where you need to be in your relationship with God? Is there? Think about it for a moment. You might say, well, I don't know of any human being that would have a problem. I'm not talking about human beings. All right, so you want to be filled, empowered by the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, living for God, glorifying Him with your life, being the witness that you need to be. You want our church to be that. Do you think anybody's got a problem with that? Yes, Satan. Now, you think he's going to do whatever he can to hinder you? What are the methods that he uses? The Bible's very clear that here are the methods that he uses. Number one, temptation. Tempts us to sin, which we give into, right? Which defeats us. If we overcome temptation, his next, his next level of attack against us, he's called the what? The accuser. What does he accuse you of? Hey, you gave in to that temptation back there. He reminds you of the sin that you've committed. He reminds you of the things that defeated you. He reminds you, God must not love you. Accusation, right? His next level is Satan is known as, Jesus very clearly said, he's what? A liar. And has been a liar from the very beginning. So he whispers lies to you. What kind of lies does he whisper to you? God doesn't love you. That's the big one. Here's the second one. God's not going to hear you because of what you did back there. Do you understand what I'm saying? He lies to you, so you become defeated by the lies. His fourth strategy is, is that he's a man of violence. He's a murderer, so he, he has people oppress you. 
But do you see how Satan attacks us? And he'll do whatever he can to defeat you. So here you are, you're waiting for God to answer. And rather than being patient, you're struggling with, think about some of the things we struggle with. God must not be answering me because of what I did back then. Or God must not love me because of what I did back then. And so you're dealing with lies and the accusations and the temptations, right? And sometimes God even raises up to distract you people who will what? Attack you, persecute you. Did you understand what I'm saying? That happens. Uh, excuse me, Satan raises up. You're right, you're right, Bruce, okay? Satan raises those up. Excuse me, not God. Satan raises up people who will attack you, persecute you, okay? So there was spiritual opposition to prayers. So that's the reason for the silence, okay? Here's the final thing. Look with me at verse 14. Now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Here's the thing. The answer will come. The answer is going to come. How do I know the answer is going to come? How can I be sure? Well, when we talk about seeking the fullness of the Spirit, how can I be sure that he's going to answer that? Anybody know how I can be sure? It is God's will. Because what does Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18? It says, be not drunk with wine, but be what? Filled with the Spirit. He wants you to be filled. He wants you to be filled. So he'll answer. So what do you do? You keep seeking it. You keep praying about it by faith. Now how does this tie in to, let's go back a few verses. How does this tie into that last part there on waiting? God says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 15, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. He's basically saying, I've heard you. I've heard you. And I'm waiting for you. What is he waiting for? He's waiting for you to come by faith and say to him, Lord, you want me to be filled you want me to be empowered. You want our church to be what it is. And by faith, I'm asking you to do that because I know you will do it. And so I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to do it. I'm waiting for you to fulfill your will. Something to think about as we get ready for our prayer time tonight. Okay? So let me pray with you and then we'll go over the prayer requests. Let's pray. Father, you know that we struggle. Or do you know that we struggle with the silence as we pray? You know that we struggle with the opposition from the enemy because he does tempt us, he does lie to us. You know, Lord, that we are struggling. 
But yet your word tells us you hear. And you are waiting. Waiting for what? Waiting for us to respond to you in faith. To come to you and to say to you, yes, Lord, you want this for my life and I believe that you will do it. And so as you do it, Lord, we are waiting in faith. And I pray that for myself and I pray that for each one here. That you would help us. Guide us even now, Lord, as we pray. Because your word is very clear, we don't know how to pray, but your spirit prays for us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.